week I'm talking to Leah Ahern. Um, Leah is a vocalist, vocal coach, yoga instructor and many other hats she wears. So today she's going to tell us a little bit about her work as a session vocalist. She's also the lead vocalist in the Motown wedding band called Papazitas, which I only just found out. It's so <laughs> cool. And she's also studying um, a master's in early childhood studies, which I can't wait to ask her about personally. So, Leah, do you want to maybe tell us a bit about, like, how did you get into music? Where did it all start for you? God, it's a long, it's a long way back. Um, well, my family's really musical. Um, like, my mom's a great singer. My dad plays guitar and has always been in kind of bands. So it was kind of always in the house. Um, but I, when I was like two and a half, three, I remember I, my granny used to do the tea and coffee for um, a stage school, you know, for their intervals. Oh, cool. She's like, oh, Leah, will be grand. Yeah, throw her off on the stage, she'll be grand. And it was a disaster. Oh, <laughs> was no, like, really? I, yeah, I hurt my hand and I literally spent the whole show like staring at my hand. And I think I ran off stage at one point and everything. Um, oh, bless so you. that was like my first musical experience but um, yeah then kind of as I got a bit older you know I got into singing and started going for a couple of voice lessons and just it kind of just progressively got more and more and more and more until I started gigging and you know taking it a bit more seriously yeah so it was it was, um, it was quite young but I think you know when you're in a musical house it's just always around and you're just kind of it's really like I was never pushed into it, but it, I was always encouraged, like, you know, I'll sing a song or whatever, you know, so it's lovely. Yeah, I feel because yeah. kids are so easily influenced as well. And like I do, obviously, like my house wasn't a very musical household. My parents listened to a bit of country music, you know, a bit of Tracy Chapman in the car <laughs> yeah. on the way to, to Super Value or whatever. But um, no, not really. Like it was only later when I kind of got into music myself and my yeah. sister as well. We both joined stage school. And did you ever go to state school route or? A little bit. I had um, a teacher. I live in Yall um, and I've lived in Yall my whole life. But I had a teacher who she kind of set up a stage school just on a kind of more local level. But she would have been fairly involved with like Cork Arts and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was actually so good. I really like credit so much to that teacher. Her name is Tracy Simon. She's unbelievable. But um she was really good to push me to just like try different things you know like I remember she like said to me one day she's like go on do this audition like you'll be grand and I remember it was like that show she gave me a really good part in the show and I remember I was just from that moment I was like obsessed (laughs) I'm obsessed with musicals I'm obsessed with all things this you know and I think it just gives you a really good confidence and a really good baseline um but like I definitely had to kind of it's hard to detach from it you know what I mean it, it gave me some really good like voice habits but mm-hmm. I remember I was so rigid for years afterwards because you know you're used to being told on oh. you know on this move on this line do this with your hands and <laughs> when you're just I hear, doing yeah it. it was quite staged and planned yeah and I yeah. found it really hard to like to get away from that like for honestly until mm-hmm. I'd say about three years ago I was still had to really think about like oh Leah don't forget to move your hands or like you know yeah. do something um but yeah I definitely I I really liked the stage school thing when I did it um yeah. I don't know how about how you felt about it I think people have really different experiences totally um, but I I think it's funny that you said that about the the training of it and how kind of um institutionalized you kind of become uh, because of it um but like because I, I I mentioned it before uh, in another chat at some point um I remember my my old guitarist was he used to always kind of 
kind of slag me because you say I was very theatrical, you know, and I'd be there at my stage moves, like, you know, but, like I got my confidence from those days of yeah, where like somebody recognizes that you have something and someone obviously recognized that you had a talent and gave you a chance. And then you went, oh, I'm good at this. And I kind of get yeah. it from it. And then that develops from there. Totally. And that's all it is. It's just someone being like, oh, that was really good. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, was it? (laughs) You know, it's just getting kind of a validation from someone that's maybe like not in your family. Because, you know, you always have, I think, this thing. It's like, oh, sure, that's only what my mom thinks or what my dad thinks or what my granddad thinks or whatever. Like when but when it's someone who's kind of no ties to you, you're like, oh, it must be good if if they said I'm good, you know. Totally. Um, Uh, like uh, you probably have like your stage school teacher was obviously one of those kind of role models for you totally music as a a child and I'm sure you still obviously speak fondly of her now and I would be the same about you know yeah uh, teacher Pamela Keeley was there anyone else kind of growing up maybe as you got into teenage years that kind of really stood out to you as a role model or someone who just really like lifted you up and gave you a platform um when I started gigging um I'm really lucky where I live there's a really strong music community you know but I really found the local musicians they used to have like a session on a Thursday Mm. and and like it's kind of a daunting thing I think going into those sessions sometimes because you have to rely on the other music especially as a singer you have to rely on the other musicians knowing a song that you can sing you know and it's really like you're like do you know uh this one this one this one and um I remember like a lot of the people in that community were really, really like just accommodating and welcoming. And there was, you know, there was no qualms about it. They were just really like kind of gave me a boost. And it was just a new kind of circle of people, you know, that it was a more uh, in a way it was more casual, but it was also more professional. Like it was people who were gigging for a living and, you know, teaching music for a living and stuff. It was less coddling. Exactly. Yeah. You coddled coddled a little bit and kind of yeah, you're told, right, you do this and then do this and then do this. This was like, yeah, sing whatever song there. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, I don't know. I don't know what song to sing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I it's suppose, just... like, you're, I was lucky coming in. Like, my dad would have been kind of a part of that. So I would have known a lot of the faces, you know, so it was a little bit easier. But kind of I comfortable think, environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Safe yeah. space. But I, definitely I, that kind of I was just going to say, um, sorry, I keep interrupting you. You're fine, you're fine. When you said um, you rely on on someone there knowing a song, and I had the same thing growing up. You know, I I never really saw myself as an instrumentalist. You know, I played a little bit keyboard, but wouldn't but yeah. not, you know just a little bit. And um, I'd always have to rely on somebody else knowing knowing a song for me to be able to sing, unless I just did like Black's Color Acapella or something. You know, and made everyone cry. <laughs> Literally. But, um, <laughs> but I yeah. think it's really important to to encourage. Um, anyone who's who's in music to learn an instrument to some level so that you can be independent definitely mm-hmm. that changed my whole singing thing as well just learning and I actually it was the same kind of vocal stage school teacher that she's a keyboard teacher as well or a piano teacher and she was like look you should totally do a few lessons do a couple of grades and to be honest I actually did not like it I used to never practice I used I was like the worst student ever and I'm I'm such a like I'm a real swat like in everything I do and then with keyboard and piano I was like I hate this <laughs> I, like, yeah. I don't want to do it but I'm so glad I did do you know yeah. what I mean it has so stood to me even for small things like in teaching vocals just having keyboard skills that you can 
do all your scales for warm ups, all of that and accompany yourself and a student like, you know, it just makes a world of difference. Totally, especially when you have so many different types of voices who might need a key change quickly. I was actually the same when I started teaching um, in B-Sharp Studios in Port Arlington. And I literally remember, oh, my God, it's embarrassing to think how bad it was. I would I was able to like play, you know, block chords, like triads, like and, and badly sometimes I was like, what is that chord? And then then I'd give up and just play the bass notes and they'd be singing along, you know, if I had to change the key. And I I was like forced into a situation where I just had to learn. And I over those two years, I was now I can play any song. I don't yeah. know if I'm that good at it, but I can accompany myself on any student and any song now, which is. So yeah like I'd be the same just with like chordal accompaniment mm-hmm. and it's like something I took for granted for ages and I never used and then yeah like that I think I had to play I had to play for like a wedding or a funeral or something random anyway and I was like yeah it'll be fine and then kind of you know you the more you do it you just yeah. pick up little tips and tricks and little you know like shortcuts and stuff and you yeah. get there like you know it's like getting comfortable with it you know yeah because we live with our voices you know it's our, our yeah. instrument is kind of separate um, uh, um entity to us almost you know yeah but um and then so you were in school you joined stage school for a while did you do like school shows stuff like that or what happened after school so obviously I know you've, you've we went to college so how did kind of that decision come about I actually had a bit of I was very very like diligent in school was like really I wouldn't have been like the best I wouldn't have got great grades kind of a thing but I you know as a studier like and I mm. kind of panicked coming up to my leave and search I was like I don't know what to do so for some reason god I don't know why I decided to do a business degree <laughs> and I was I'd never done business in school I was like yeah this seems like a good plan everybody was like Leah don't do that and I was like no no it's fine it seems like a really good plan I'll be grand so I ended up going into CIT at Bush- Bishopstown for a year doing business in German and I absolutely hated it <laughs> like I just said I love it now I say that but some of it was great and I did mm-hmm. enjoy it but I just knew I was like I shouldn't have done this you know yeah. like I loved the marketing side and mm. I loved kind of you know the management side and all of that has stood to me in running my own business and stuff but a lot of it I was just it just wasn't like my passion do you know what I mean I, totally, I could just yeah. see myself like graduating and I wouldn't really want to go any further with it. Um, so I decided, I was like, look, I'll do something broad, but I will go into the music kind of side of things. So that's when I decided to go to UCC because I still wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know, do I want to teach? I don't know, do I want to do something else altogether? So I said, I'll stick with something nice and broad. So I did um, music, Irish and German for my first year and then music and German for the rest and then kind of kept specialising and eventually specialised completely in music, which was really it's great. I actually loved it. Um, it's a really good degree. I'm so interested in like, oh, I think it's, it's just amazing talent to be able to speak another language. You know, oh God, I was really bad at language in school, but I would have loved to learn any language really. To yeah. Do a, you know, a stage where I could, I could communicate if I went abroad. And did you ever, um, do you ever teach German songs? I have done once or twice for, um, you know exam kind of purposes but mm-hmm. not really to tell you the truth I didn't end up loving German in college mm-hmm. I was like yeah I was just not I was just not getting the fluency so mm-hmm. what I did is I ended up actually taking a lot of say linguistics modules 
because they tie in a lot with the voice and stuff, you know. So um, can you explain a little bit about linguistics and what that is? Yeah. So linguistics (laughs) is just basically how language works. So it's like the study of language itself. Um, So you'd be studying like the types of language and how people use language, um, different kind of types of sentence structure, different word structures um things like that but what really is interesting and I think you'd actually really like it is when you start looking into phonetics vowels all of that stuff and I was like became like a little bit obsessed with them all of my students are like you are so obsessed with vowels I was like they're just amazing I know right (laughs) um so it was really cool to like look at that just as the voice and not for singing you know yeah um and you look at like accents dialects different things like that which is very like it's so major in Ireland we all have such different accents on this tiny tiny island you know what I mean and my sister has a different accent than me like and we grew up (laughs) in the same house like I don't know how that happened (laughs) but it's mad you know like it's it's just it's such a really interesting field um Mm -hmm. and it really tied into the voice a lot so it's cool to kind of at least get some um you know something to link in and it kind of interesting yeah it is it's cool it's it's something I never had thought about really you know like obviously I thought about it within singing but I'd never Mm -hmm. looked at it kind of so extensively and like you'd find um even though you say you and your sister have different voices but you know the way sometimes people are saying like um oh sisters harmonies are so good uh, or like you know cousins or whatever but it is usually because like they have the same accents yeah and they have the same like inflections the way they speak is the same you know like you're brought up kind of similar so in that turn you would speak fairly similarly so it's cool to like look at all of that kind of side of things as well yeah totally so interesting that's why I wanted to just explain a bit about it because I just think it's so fascinating and I can I can see the crossover with um, vocal coaching as well it's obviously we do a lot of work with um you know consonants and vowels Mm. Um, and does that play into at all your work with um, the early childhood studies? Yeah, so yeah, so I when I was kind of doing the music side of things, I really just the more and more every year I kind of started specializing a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually I was really specializing into the area of education um but music education you know mm-hmm. so my studies now like last year for my final year I did a really big project on um cre- like building a creative classroom so how to build how to have a creative classroom and kind of assessing everything with that and it was in the area of a kids between age three and five so yeah. I was like I was honestly like obsessed with <laughs> It, it was just on my radar the whole time I became like like annoying I'd say to anybody else they were like stop talking about it but yeah so I did then decided to take the MRES uh, so Masters of Research and it's kind of just jumping on from that um, but on a kind of larger scale. What is a creative classroom? So this is up for debate but what my study of what a creative classroom is mm-hmm. is you have to first create a like you know this as a singing teacher I think a lot of the time I feel like I'm always conscious that I hope parents don't think we're spending ages chatting but you have to build up a really strong relationship with a student and you know they have to gain your trust and they have to know like this is a safe place to sing and you know explore your voice and not be judged Mm-hmm. And it's the same with smallies. Like you always hear like dogs and babies can read people so well, mm-hmm. you know, and it's yeah. it's so true. So you have to like really 
first of all, build that really good relationship that there's a level of trust that they can kind of be have a bit of freedom in that classroom. And, you know, that they're not afraid to do something for fear of being judged. And you have to make sure that you're building that with all students because each student has to learn. You know, you have to give others respect and you have to allow people to have their opinions. And then that would stretch on as far as having activities that are child led and teacher led. So basically a teacher led activity is when a teacher would say, okay, this is what we're doing. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. Here are the materials. And then a child led is just a bit of the opposite. So you'd often see it in free play. If a child would pick up, say a tambourine and start Mm -hmm. playing with it. And, you know, you kind of maybe encourage that then and, you can say, oh, that's really cool. You should try, you know, shaking it the same way, but try it on this instrument Mm. or try making loud sounds, try making quiet sounds. And that's all then that whole process of that teacher intervention is called scaffolding. So it's really interesting and you could, it just builds and builds and builds. Mm. But having that mix of, you know, like a teacher offering kind of the basic skills and kind of teaching about like pitch, um, rhythms, different sounds that you can find you know all just and dynamics like little things like that just small small um kind of nuggets of music to uh, music theory and then kids then the more they interact with it they will start kind of leading their own activities and then you will get a really good level of creativity because they'll start making little patterns of music and they'll be repeated and they'll get stronger and stronger and stronger you are teaching them to think for themselves essentially yeah exactly and you know cool yeah so they have their own creativity by being given the skills kind of to do so that's that's really fascinating yeah it's cool I know even for myself I'm I'm a real doer and I don't necessarily learn that well if somebody just talks at me and like just says you know here's information I don't learn that way I have to do I have to draw the right I have to I'm the same very kinesthetic visual learner and I think kids are very much that way too yeah I think like in today's world with all of the kind of media and distractions and everything we have we need to have like really good interaction all the time and we need to be given something to do because I find even myself like I will lose focus so easy like I find say on you know the way we're all online learning and online working if you're doing like a lesson that's not interactive and you're just talking like no one like you're not going to benefit the student's not going to benefit and that goes for me as a teacher and me as a student in college you know I've sat in lectures and been you know you just zone out if if you're just being talked at you have to actually interact and engage with it some people can engage by just reading or listening but I'm definitely not one of those people you know Mm, I I just find I've chatted about this before as well but I'm very interested in this is why I was really excited to chat to you about all your studies because I'm very much interested in in teaching in a multi-sensory way and trying to be kind of conscious and aware of the fact that the way you deliver a piece of information might not exactly land home um, to a particular student. You might need to deliver it in a slightly different way. And I think if if I kind of, like, I didn't think, for, for years I put off doing a degree because I didn't think I was academic. But that's not true. I just didn't know my learning style and I didn't know how to kind of work with my learning style. Yeah, I really feel that it's so important from a, a young age to really explore those different options. You know, totally. even, even now I have my notes on, I know you can't see it there, but it's like pink paper. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, just even using a different color paper can just 
uh, stimulate your brain, I think, a little bit more. Yeah, and you associate, like, I, I remember you, I used to do it for different things, you know, like I'd have pink for theory and blue for a different subject, you know, like that, yeah. just you associate then certain things with that and it's just easier to visualize it, you know. Um, yeah. I think so many people are, because just... Now, I think certain areas of the Irish school system are actually really good. And I think they get a lot mm -hmm. of kind of slack. And it's really, you know, there are some unbelievable individual teachers out there, like really, really amazing. Yeah. But I think a lot of people fall into the trap of, oh, I'm not clever because I don't get good results. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's and it's maybe like, oh, but have you tried a different way of doing it? And you're like, you're clever in so many other ways. You know, it's just mm -hmm. about finding the way that works for you and the thing that is right for you you know like if I had to go into a degree or even a leaving cert class of physics I wouldn't have a clue I'd be mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it's just about finding what's right for for you as a learner and you know embracing that you, you were you made a comparison to animals so I'm going to make another one but it's like asking a fish to climb a tree and then judging them on that yeah yeah it's it's crazy um I've seen that one actually you know people doing the leaving cert and they're saying like you just can't put everybody on the same exam and expect them all to compare. Like, it's just, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like for me, I know I did, I did pretty good in my, you know, like the smaller class tests throughout the years. Mm -hmm. When it came to the Leaving Cert, I dropped a good bit. Like I passed yeah. the Leaving Cert, but I dropped a good bit, you know, and it's probably down to the, the way I was learning or the way it was being delivered to me, you know? Yeah. It's just, I wish, I wish I knew more about it back then. But then again, you know, you have to you have to grow up leave school and find yourself and discover all these things yeah it's, it's like hindsight you know it's like sometimes you need an adult to guide you so I think it's really important for us as educators in whatever form that is whether it's voice voice coach voice coaching or teaching in schools or whatever that we are are are, are equipping ourselves with these tools so that we can communicate most efficiently with our students completely I yeah I completely agree and you have to be versatile you can't have one system that you think is going to work like I did a lot of um how to lesson plan that's what I'm kind of looking at now at the moment in my in my research and there is a how to lesson plan but there is also going to be a chapter on how to ignore your lesson plan if you have to mm. do you know what I mean like there's been so many times especially with group classes I used to do group classes for smallies and you know I'd like write out a lesson plan I'd be like aims of this class objectives what we're going yeah. to do resources there's been so many times I've went in with that and I literally put it on the table and someone decided, no, can we do this instead? And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. because why do something that they don't want to do that they're not interested in, you know? Yeah. You know, and especially when they're paying for classes, I, I also think if you're paying for a class, you should be doing something that you really enjoy and something that's going to benefit you rather than something that I think is going to either benefit me as a teacher or, ben you know, like sometimes you have to just listen to the student and see like, oh, that's what you want to do. Then let's do it, you know. I wonder if like, did you did you give up your keyboard lessons or did you did you stay stick with them? I did them from, I think, when I was about 14 until maybe I was in like fifth year. Yeah. Um, and I think I only I say I just decided to drop because I was like, I'm not going to do it for my leave insert was literally yeah. that was the reason I was like, I'll stop doing lessons because what's the point? I'm not doing it for my leaving cert. You know, and that's again yeah. a silly mindset. Um, well, yes and no, I suppose you wanted that you wanted to focus on your leaving cert and that's, that's a yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Exactly. And I just was like, look, I'll focus on on the voice kind of side of things. And I, I'm glad I did because I did. I like my keyboard skills are grand. I'm not going to ever be a keyboardist for a band or anything or like a piano player, but they're grand for what I use it for, for accompanying myself or accompanying a student. Mm. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. I wonder if, you know, if you did stick at something like just because, you know, the benefits are there, even though you don't enjoy it. No, what I was actually going to say was, I wonder if teachers were a little bit more aware and adaptable in lessons, would less kids give up? Because like I've had students who gotten upset in lessons because maybe they didn't practice and they've come and they, 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 they're upset because they don't want to have to face the fact that at a time they didn't practice or yeah. maybe they just can't get something or maybe online sometimes they can't hear the music properly do you know there's like different reasons why students might might get upset and like mm-hmm. if, if I took the approach of being like well you're just gonna have to get it to put yeah. it under, then it's probably gonna scare them away like so yeah. you kind of have to take a step back and go do you know what let's work on Christmas songs this week yeah oh. leave the great stuff aside we can come back to it like what's the point in doing it if we're crying like let's Let's watch let's watch a video of a cat jumping away from a cucumber like and you yeah. know make them laugh like just try and change completely it. and I find that online learning can be so hard for some of them yeah you know if you've a bad internet connection I find that is the biggest trigger of them all for just like panic because it's like oh sorry sorry and it's like it's fine don't worry everything's fine I can see it again it's grand <laughs> don't worry but like again you just I think you have to approach everything with just with empathy and kindness and like that is just the way to go with everything you know like yeah. there's no point you know just giving out to give out like I I, I I always have avoided having to give out I usually just do like change and to just change what we're doing you know if, yeah. if anything is going wrong like realistically it can't be that bad in the same you know it's there's rarely very bad behavioral problems you know any misbehavior yeah. in a singing class so yeah, and I mean, hell, I'm I'm in college now, and I'm in my thirties, and I sometimes go to my classes unprepared. Like, do you know what? Sometimes it happens. Sometimes yeah. you have a bad week, or maybe you were busy doing other things. Maybe other projects took over. You know, like kids, maybe they just were really busy with school stuff, and they totally. had family things on. Do you know who knows? Yeah, you just have to be uh, kind of um, conscious that like the so- people are coming from so many different situations and. You kind of have to try and we have to be good at reading people, don't we? Yeah, oh, totally. Like you yeah. have to know, you know, sometimes you do have to kind of take it a bit lighter if you sense a bit of tiredness or, you know, something small can just throw off a student, an adult or a child. Like I've had adults and they've been like, I'm so sorry, I didn't practice. This was going on. And it's like, it's grand. Like there's so many weeks we can do this next week. Like, do you know what? There's, I don't know, yeah. I think uh, sometimes I remember like hearing horror stories of people's music teachers given out to them and I used to be like what why like you know when I was younger because I don't know maybe I was just lucky with with anybody I ever had yeah. was always really nice and you know there's never any issues kind of a thing you know yeah I, I guess so as well like to be fair to teachers who maybe do um approach a lesson in that way with that kind of stern attitude maybe that's just how they know how to be yeah. organized and maybe that's the only way they know how to maybe they think that's motivating you know so it's kind of it's it's difficult if 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 that's how you've been taught things should be done you know it's kind of difficult to yeah. kind of rewire your your thinking but I do feel that there's so many resources available to us now 
there's kind of no excuse to get online mm. and start educating yourself and kind of thinking outside the box a little bit about things. I agree. The only thing that I could think of for a reason is some backgrounds <clears throat> and some um, kind of genres are much more disciplined. Like I feel maybe because myself and yourself would teach probably similar enough styles that it's kind of more pop, rock, a bit of musical theatre, mm-hmm. a bit of kind of indie stuff, you know, the mm-hmm. odd, like, you know, more contemporary stuff. Yeah. Whereas when you look at, say, someone learning classical piano or classical violin or kind of, you know, classical singing even, there is a lot, there's a lot more rules going on, you know, and mm-hmm. it's a, it's just a lot stricter and more disciplined. So maybe it is just kind of in keeping with that style. But yeah. I'm an awful softy, so I think I'd be terrible. <laughs> if I had to go in and do that, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's actually really interesting. I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, I suppose. Like, yeah, because in, in kind of contemporary music, there's a lot of freedom to kind of put your own twist on things. Yeah, and there is. Like, you know, improvising and, you know, ad-libbing. And there's all these different like musical instructions as well that are written mm-hmm. in. And they kind of say, they basically say, kind of do what you want within, yeah. within, within reason within reason yeah thank yeah. you but like say maybe you know obviously if you're singing an Italian aria or whatever like it's yeah it, it's not going to be like that it, the music is strict the way the music exactly is rules of the music is strict so therefore that mm-hmm. kind of repeats itself in the teaching style perhaps yeah. yeah I remember going in for like exams I was doing piano exams I never got very high up I think I only got to maybe grade two or three or something but um I remember going into my lesson and I played the piece and it was like a classical piece. It was quite difficult, but like for, for my my level anyway, I played it. Mm-hmm. I remember my teacher was like, that was gorgeous, but it wasn't what was on the page. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I made that up. I was like, like I'm an artist. <laughs> I think like, I'm just doing my own thing over here, you know? And it's like, she's like, but it was lovely. I was like, that was a nice, I think that's a nice way to put it. I've actually yeah. said that before as well. I loved what you did there, but... For the exam, this is not what they want you to sing, but I really liked it. So if we do a gig, maybe you could do it that way. But for the exam, yeah. let's do it this other way, you know? Exactly. Yeah, you have to know, kind of, you pick and choose your battles, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And how do you find, like, tailoring lessons to individual students? Like, would you, I know for me, when I first started out, I would have kind of had, like, um, I suppose, template lesson plans, you know, for, and then I kind of developed it to more like, you know, beginner, intermediate, slightly mm-hmm. more advanced students and then I was like this 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 can't be the case either like I need to tailor every lesson individually because every person is different yeah I would be of the same opinion and I did have template lessons um and I would still maybe the odd time use them if I had a new student mm-hmm. um or I find some so like I would still kind of have a structure that I like yeah. you know that I'll come in and we're doing maybe like a warm-up first maybe a quick chat a warm-up um you know work start on the song move away from it for a few minutes do a bit of technique and yeah. finish on the song that's generally how they work but again like that could be anything in all of those categories like we could be doing yeah. anything and I generally would in the kind of first lesson try and get a good sense of what the student likes because yeah. I find that kids and adults are like everybody's so much um you know they've so much reach to any music like they can literally hop on the internet and type in music and like anything could come up do you know yeah like the styles are so different and even like nowadays like if I asked say my students two years ago what's your favorite song they probably all go true colors from trolls or something yeah and now yeah. like it would be something from tiktok you know it's oh, like yeah I was gonna say it out <laughs> 
TikTok, TikTok, everything is TikTok. Yes. Um, my sister is only eight, actually. There's a big gap between us. And she is just like, she loves it. She loves it. She's like, how do you not know that song? So popular. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I have. I actually downloaded TikTok. I was like, I need to check this TikTok thing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not too old for TikTok. And then I, I like looked at it and I was like looking at the different videos people were putting up and I was like, I would feel like an idiot, like putting a picture of myself up dancing or something like that. I'd be the same. It would just not come across well at all for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen actually some voice teachers are using it really well to do like quick, uh, what would you say? Like maybe like tips and stuff. Yeah, like tips and tricks, but just like bullet points. And it's really cool. Um, Because I like, I even sat there and I was like, oh, that really held my attention. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes you click on and, there's a load of waffle and you're like come on just tell me the tell me the secrets um so it is cool for stuff like that you know yeah I actually know what you mean because when I when I first downloaded that what I just said was that was my first top but then I was like there must be other vocal coaches and stuff on it maybe using it in that way so I like searched yeah. to find some people who were like as you said just doing maybe demonstrations of like how to sing a riff or maybe just like look how high I can sing and that might, they might take a melody and like move mm-hmm. it up in semitones and see how high they can go and like little things like that and I was like yeah I think I could do that but I still haven't done it so me too I, still I was like you know, yeah one thing at a time for you know one thing at a time with this stuff there's a lot there's a lot to kind of work so with. much I was the same I was like yeah so I'm gonna do a warm-up tutorial every week and then I'm gonna do <laughs> and it's just you just like you lose track of time you have all your students and then you're like okay never mind I'll just deal with the ones I have <laughs> you know um yeah. Yeah, yeah I find, think. I'm oh, sorry. Do you want to go ahead? No, now. you're good. Go, you go, go first. I was just going to uh, going to say, like, uh, do you find yourself sometimes, like, I know for me anyway, like, I have so many ideas of things I want to do. Like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I have all these ideas, but then we're both back in college, so like mm-hmm. that takes up a lot of our time, and we're, we're you know we teach as well on the side and you know before COVID we were gigging so you know there's so many other things that like take up time so it's kind of do you find it like hard to divide your time or do you find it frustrating or how do you what's your thoughts around that whole situation I to be honest last year just for example say this time last year I would have been teaching in full swing uh would have been college final year full swing gigging absolutely mental because it was Christmas mm-hmm. and I actually found that was totally fine because I had such a good routine but I found like since we're doing everything from home like things are a little bit more difficult to do you know to just give yourself boundaries like I find you know if I get a message in late at night I'm gonna answer it because I'm at home anyway whereas before you know if I got um, something in and or if I was like, oh, I'll put up a really good post now on this. Mm-hmm. I definitely was giving it more like dedicated time that I was saying like, you know, OK, nine to five is college. Five to eight is teaching. And then I'll do a half an hour on social media. And, you know, stuff like that was so much easier, I think, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. But now it's so constant all the time. I think yeah. I actually am, I'm engaging with it less. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I'll do it later because I'm at home anyway kind of a thing you know okay right so it's kind of like yeah yeah I think the word boundaries is a, is a key word here that I've heard come up over and over again it's like setting boundaries for yourself you know it's like mm-hmm. I know um you you said to me um you gave me your whatsapp number and said whatsapp me because I I don't look at social media in the week yeah. that was so cool like I wish I could be that restrained 
Well, I've like, I want, I try not yeah. to, but then like two seconds later, I'm like, oh, what's on Instagram? Do you know yeah. what I mean? But, but like, you try I, to re- limit the, the time. Yeah. And I find, I just, I hate with Instagram that it's, it's all, the messages in the app. So I'm, as soon as I click into it, I'm going to stay on that app. Like, you know, at least yeah. like if it's on a separate message, I'll just look at that, um, that thing at that time. But yeah. like, I've, you're probably the same with college. Like you would just get wrapped up in time, wouldn't you? It just consumes you like. Yeah, well, my, the course I'm in, the Cork School of Music, um, and like, it's a very um, task heavy course. Like it's quite practical course. So like, mm-hmm. I'm, I literally go in, I book a practice room for nine o'clock, half nine in the morning. Um, I spend an hour and a half in practice rooms every day. Actually, more than that. I'm only, I'm, you're allowed to book an hour and a half, but you can sneak in if there's a room free at a time. So I, I could spend three hours in a, in, a, mm-hmm. in rooms a day and then, you know, classes. And then in between, you're going to rehearsals. So like there's like, you know, har- uh, back and vocal rehearsals for band ensemble. Then there's vocal harmony um, sectionals. There's there's um got this so everything just really practical so it's like it's and it's constantly trying to organize and arrange everyone else's schedule that's very tough they often overlap so I find that like when I'm in college like Monday to Thursday um I'm like in college like I don't really look at my phone too much in college like sometimes I yeah I my trope throw up a video on whatsapp or uh, not whatsapp on instagram or something if i think of it but I, to be honest my mind is so tunnel vision on college when i'm in college i'm the um, same and i'm wrecked in the evenings so i don't really do much when i get home like i i, I might have to finish a project or something and then go to sleep i don't bother yeah. you know i just I, it's very time consuming and it takes up a lot of brain space you know mm-hmm. and then like i i do be absolutely exhausted by the time saturday comes around but i love teaching and it yeah. just gives me energy like I could be exhausted going in and I might be like I don't want to teach today but the minute I, I see people's faces coming online I'm like I just love yeah, it you know and too. even if I'm tired I get through it yeah I actually really like the teaching online mm, I think it's I great too. I found like just the resources that are available like are sometimes things that I definitely wouldn't get a chance to pull up in a class by the time you'd get it do you know what I mean that yeah. Because you can share a screen and you can pull up a, like a quick video or you can get a little screen grab of something. Like I was allergic to changing to online. I was like, this is not going to work. It doesn't work. I need to be in the room. And then yeah. I've actually found, I actually prefer it, I think. But now I do miss groups. Yeah. I really miss, I love teaching group classes. That's my, like my favorite. It's, that's my favorite way of teaching because you just yeah. get so much energy, especially like it's generally girls between the age of like seven and 11 and they're just like so full of energy and they they want to be there and they want to sing you know like you have people and they're just like dying to sing and it's great like it gives you so much energy and you're buzzing after it um so I do miss that because I'd love to be able to figure out a way that we could all do the online thing and sing simultaneously but our internet is just not um yeah up to that speed yet you know to be a completely instantaneous but um yeah, yeah. I, I actually am the same with that. I was like, I, I really hated teaching online. I actually prefer teaching keyboard online. Mm-hmm. And for the same reason you said about the resources things, I think when you're in person, I think when you're online, you're forced to be more resourceful. So yeah. you, you, you go, okay, how can I make this lesson? Um, how can I make this lesson valuable? How can I how can I be multi-sensory? How can I, yeah. you know, keep them engaged? So you kind of have to like share your screen, show them some sheet music, maybe share a video, 
you know um and d- just try different things um or like make uh, make resources like maybe like I made online um flashcards to learn music theory off, yeah. for example and they can they can flick through them on their screen and things like that you know so I'd like just click the button on the screen and go okay what's that what's that what's mm-hmm. that a little game yeah. this forces you to be more resourceful online and we can take that back to in-person lessons when we get back to it exactly that know that it's it's really um beneficial beneficial yeah like I think the first thing I'd be getting when I go back to in-person lessons is a projector like honestly I mm. just I think like having it there like because you know when you're on a laptop and it's face to face it's kind of big and you can see it mm. but in a you know in a lesson when you feel like come over here now and look at my screen it kind of takes away so I think like having it that it's right in front of them is yeah. really I yeah it just engages them really quickly and it's just yeah. something something a load of color or whatever and it's just a new format and it's, it interests them mm-hmm, totally yeah totally and it's I think it's yeah, I, I, I would find it so different to go into an in-person lesson now to the structure of all of my lessons now. Even though every student, I'm doing something different, I'm using different resources, but I am using some kind of an online tool for each yeah. student. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I do miss being in person. Like I miss, I'm a real energy person. I'm really yeah. like walk into a room and feel energy. Like, do you know yeah, what? Yeah, that's, yeah. You kind of miss that. I think, I think the students do miss that as well. Do you know whether mm-hmm. they're conscious of why or not? Like I, there is that kind of element that, that you don't have on Zoom, do you yeah. know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's very yeah. interesting. And I find hold. like even the whole energy thing, it can work both ways. Like sometimes you might, a student might come in and you go, oh, there's, you know, they seem a bit off or like, and you know, you just kind of might go about the lesson with a bit more caution or a bit more, be a bit more mindful of them kind of, you know, in that lesson or whatever, you know, so it works yeah. both ways. Um, or else it can be really energizing and like, you know, you'll be like, okay, let's ramp up this lesson to the next level. Like, you know, like, and be really like get loads done, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's a minefield. <laughs> it is, but I, uh, it's amazing. Do you teach like a mixture of kids and adults or how does it work for you? I teach a couple of adults, but mostly I would be mainly kids. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a lot between the age of about eight to about 16. Um, I think similar to yourself. Um, yeah. And mostly nearly all girls. Like I think, I don't know what it is. I think it's just the likes and dislikes at that age they all mm-hmm. want to be singing when they're you know they're all watching like x factor and britain's got talent yeah and you know yeah yeah, but it's, yeah it's... i i thought like when i was working in a school in port island and i thought it taught a handful of guys all right mm-hmm. um yeah but i would have i suppose mostly kids a couple of teens and then a few adults as well actually i yeah. do i do actually have a good few adults that come through to me um but I think adults are less likely to go to kind of like the stage school type setting, do you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, um, yeah, I think I have a, I have a few adults um, and I find they're much more self-conscious on online, which oh. I much prefer to be in a room with the adults, I think, because I think a big thing is the fact that you're in your own house and you're conscious of people hearing you. Yeah. And that's totally. I even feel that when I'm teaching, like I'm like, oh, God like downstairs must think I'm going mental up here like you know like when you're doing sirens or something (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know I'm like oh god they must think I'm going crazy up here but I think it's hard on adults if they're like oh my partner might be listening to me and you're like oh try and try and ignore that but it's it's really hard I think it's great to come to a physical to a different place physically um that your body associates that place with singing you know um which is good 
speaking yeah. of of your body and you know having a different experience in different places tell us a little bit about your work as a session vocalist and as your time you know gigging with Papacitas. So I joined the Papacitas last year and it is just the best fun so there's three singers in it um, and we all kind of take turns as lead vocalist and we do each other's backing vocals which is so so mm-hmm. lovely like um and like there's 10 of us in the band. So when you when we were talking about energy, like if you want energy, <laughs> like that's yeah. where you'll get it. You'd be just buzzing after it. I, I'd be lying in bed afterwards. I'm like, I'm too excited now to go to sleep. Um, it's just a great, great band, great fun. And like, it's, they're all so committed to the band. You know, the way sometimes like it can be hard, like that everybody mightn't be pulling the same weight, but genuinely like in that band, it's just, they're all so good. Like I was like, you want me to be in the band? Are you sure? <laughs> you know? um, but it's great. And it was such a good experience to just move into just like a different, um, different style. Like cause a lot of the bands I've been in over the years, like we've done the odd wedding, but we would have been more kind of rock based, you know, that it would have been like just more kind of kind of sessiony and it'd be like anything goes kind of thing in a good way and I I actually love that I love the the unknown of some gigs you know I love seeing like someone taking a solo and it could be anything like and it could go on for as long as they want yeah so like there's two sides to it and they're both amazing but I've definitely tell people who don't know the Papacitas the what kind of music you perform and what's the lineup in the band yeah so it's a Motown band but we do perform you know a lot of like your pop funk and soul kind of classics as well um so it's kind of that kind of retro style you know um kind of anything pop or current we do would be more the Bruno Mars and Mm -hmm. you know that more kind of funky stuff um and there's 10 of us in the band we have three brass players so there's saxophone uh trumpet trombone and we have your drums bass keys uh, lead guitar and then three singers so it's it's great fun um plenty of people plenty you know there's a lot of organization that goes on with it um that was lovely actually going into it because like before like you'd know yourself like the stress of actually making sure everybody's where they're meant to be for mm-hmm. gigs that can be really stressful you know just being like or say if someone forgets something it was so nice to like walk into this and you know that it was like oh someone's in charge and they're like they have to deal with it if anything goes wrong you know but so there's being, someone in the band who kind of manages it or kind of does all that organizational stuff like yeah um yeah. Owen Sutton he he's the kind of band manager he's the drummer as well which is great so like you know he's in the band but also would like give us you know we're mm-hmm. here on Saturday we're here like you know does all yeah. the stuff and um brings all the gear all the you know behind the scenes kind of stuff which is great um, yeah, yeah I, I think I saw the Papazitas play a couple of times, but I think it was more than a year ago. So you wouldn't have been in the band. I'd say, I'd say not, no. I'm trying um, to remember who was in the band. Um, I think, what's her name? Um, Lorraine, probably. Is there a girl with red hair in the band? She works in voice works. Am I thinking of the right band? Yeah, D. D. O'Kelly. Yeah, 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 D. O'Kelly. She was in yeah. the band. Is she still yeah. in the band? She is. She yeah. is still in the band, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's two redheads and then me. Oh, <laughs> not <okay>. redhead. <laughs> yeah but it's good fun um and then yeah any other vocal work I do is kind of all session based so it would be kind of more freelance you know it might be with a random band or might be for an event or else for original artists um which is just I love that side of things um yeah like I love it it is and it keeps it so fresh like sometimes like 
it can be a little bit stressful because you're generally it's a feast or a famine in this industry yeah. <laughs> like you know yeah. like all of your work comes at the same time and then you'll have you might have nothing for like all of January say and then all of a sudden it's St. Patrick's weekend and you can't catch a break you know yeah yeah um but that's like that's just the joys of it isn't it like um totally. yeah I've definitely had some really just really really great experiences with some really cool musicians over the years um and again, as I, as I said earlier, like the, where I come from, um, there's such a good cohort of musicians down there, like amazing. Mm-hmm. Tell me about um, one of your most standout performances. It can be with the Papazitas or doing, you know, an original band or whatever. Can you remember like a standout performance, one that you'll never forget? Um, there's definitely been a few, but I think mm-hmm. the biggest one for me was... Um, Oh, I'm trying to think now, but like yeah. one that really stands out in my head when you said that is the first time I kind of played on a really big stage as with, with as just my name. Like I had done, you know, big shows, but yeah. I'd never been like put on a stage and introduced as oh Leah or Hearn kind of a yeah, thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and I did Soul in the City kind of the last few years, and the first year I did that, I was just I felt so like fish out of water I felt really out of my depth but it was totally fine like I remember everyone being like you're fine like I just had that imposter syndrome being like I should not be on this stage so was that with original music was it your own music or was it cover set or what what? it was all covers it was so uh Karen Underwood was kind of the headline act and she's so she's brilliant she's just such an amazing performer and then it was Karen uh Gemma Sugru myself Christiana Underwood Karen's daughter um oh, Niall yeah. McCabe yeah and Niall McCabe and um then Karen's nephew who's a rapper from Chicago which it was just really cool I actually um, remember seeing that and being like wow it's some lineup it was so cool yeah. like it was just and it was pure like pure chance like I used to do before COVID <laughs> um a Sunday slot in Gallagher's in in the city and in uh, Cork that, City yeah. yeah yeah and I see that every um every Sunday and it's a lovely lovely gig it was really chilled um but the owner would be quite the owner of Gallagher's was quite involved with Soul in the City and she was like you must come down now and listen to Leah and like she used to love when I sing loving you um she's she loves that song and yeah. she was like you have to do it in Soul in the City and so I actually ended up doing that song and it was lovely and oh. It was just so great, again, we, like as we were saying earlier, to get that push from someone to just do something that you'd never put yourself forward for, you know. And who did you say, how did you, how did you get the gig, did you say? Um, through, so the owner of Gallagher's. She, okay, I yeah. Used, yeah, I used to gig there and she just was like, Karen, come down and have a listen. And then, yeah, it was so random. It was great, though. It was That's just, amazing. And like to yeah. be on the lineup as well, but all those amazing, you know, musicians. Just totally. And it just like... Enjoy. Yeah, and it just led me to so many great gigs after that, you know, like, you know, I just started getting a lot more bookings for session work and just, you know, random bits and pieces that like, I'd never kind of put myself forward for if I didn't kind of get that confidence, you know. Um, Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we need someone to tell us that we're good. I know, like, (laughs) like, we shouldn't, but we kind of do sometimes. (laughs) I think especially as adults, you don't really get that as much you know like no. when you're a child everyone is telling you you're brilliant and you know all the rest but you know as you get older you kind of are relying on your on you to like kind of give you to um what's really encourage yourself which is really difficult totally. time because we we're all quite um 
we're what's the word um I know what you mean like I think it's an Irish thing as well that we put ourselves down that we're like ah sure no I'm I'm grand like I'm not great great. (laughs) it's only myself kind of a thing you know yeah yeah. yeah like even with like loads of things I was just like oh no I wouldn't be able for that and it wasn't even about being able it was more about like oh I'm not on the same level of like you know I'm not as well known or I'm not as as qualified or you know things like that and sometimes it's just pure time and place and being the right fit for something you know yeah you're so right totally um I, I do remember at one point, which is, it was one, it was a session that I, I got booked to do. It was like a recording session to do. Uh, it was meant, well, I was told it was like, let, come and sing back and vocals on a song. But then when I got there, it was like, sing back and vocals on the whole album. <laughs> and then it was okay. like, okay, can you sing the main vocal on this song as well? And, you know, it kind of just was like, I I wasn't used to being in that setting. So professionally, I suppose, like mm-hmm. any kind of work I'd done before previous was very kind of casual kind of for, friends and things like that you know I hadn't really been in that situation and I had to kind of come up with back and vocals on the spot and I was really under pressure like I was I felt like way out of my depth I was like I got the job done like and you know the, the album was released and all that and it was fine mm-hmm. but I just felt like oh crap I was like if I want to do this if I want to actually put my name out there I need to go and get back into education and learn I felt the same that I just needed like something next to my name to be like yeah I'm able to do this <laughs> do you know what I yeah. mean yeah it's it's so true and it like it matters in some senses and then you could have like the best singer in the world and like it, genu- it genuinely wouldn't matter but I think Cork especially and Ireland is becoming such a competitive market yeah. for singers and I think you kind of you just have to be skilling like upskilling all the time yeah, especially as a teacher, um, but also as a as a vocalist, like I find, I get what you mean with that whole just being put on put on the spot. I had a similar experience um a couple of years ago, and it was just like I remember I was just given lyrics, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, where's the music?" And he's like, "Oh, just whatever." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, if you're okay with that. I'm okay with that." Like, but you know, it's and like. It is great to get that trust from someone. Like I love being given and generally like anyone who has booked me in the past for originals, um, you know, has been like, look, let's see, like do what you want. And then we might tweak it, you know, like we might, you know, with backing vocals, they might say, oh yeah, can you try this instead? Or, and I love that, you know, that trust that you get from someone that they really like, they trust your ability and they trust your opinion on their own stuff, which is like a massive thing. You know, if someone has written, a song and it's probably quite close to their heart or yeah. has a really personal connection to them it's a big thing to hand over kind of a little bit of creative control you know and it's great to get that you know totally so what's next for you what's have you any plans like what have you because I know over lockdown we've all gone inward a little bit and kind mm-hmm. of I haven't talked to you about this. I don't know if you have. I assume I'm assuming you have because everyone else has had to have, you know, and we've kind of re-looked at our lives in a way and like what we want to do and when things kind of get a bit back to normal again. So have you totally. any plans or any thoughts for the future? Um, I well, once I finish the MRES, that's kind of taking up like all of my time at the moment. Yeah. Um, I am hoping to really delve into education a little bit more um like I would like to further study myself but I would also kind of you know 
you know, like like to have a look at actually what's actually going on in the Irish curriculum. And like, mm. I'd love I'd love kind of to kind of work with the Department of Education or, you know, go down that route of things. Mm-hmm. But once lockdown's over or say once COVID is kind of sorted and we can all do our normal things. Do what we want. Yeah, do what we want. <laughs> like, um, I think just getting back gigging, like and just actually really appreciating what I had, you know, like I was to- totally taking music for granted. Like last mm. year, I was like, "Yeah, I can get a gig whenever I want." Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it, like there were so many times, like looking back, that I was like, "Oh, I don't want to do this," and like I'd literally like do it a heart and a half now, you know. Um, so I think really kind of getting into music a little bit for you know just for a while and just really like surrounding myself with with um all the good musicians that I have in my life, and there are so many of them. Like it's great. Um. But yeah, and just, you know, delving into the whole, into my research a bit more and try to kind of roll it out a bit. I'm hoping to have kind of a little kind of lesson planning pack, like how to lesson plan for a classroom uh, for, you know, young kids. So I'm hoping to kind of roll that out a little bit for a while and see how it goes. But I'm I'm letting, I'm letting it kind of be decided for me for now. I'm going to wait until the MRES is done until, yeah, as I said, like, you know, wait till I have the, the letter is next to my name that says she can do yeah. that. <laughs> She's I think allowed. that's um it's it's um when you're in college again, like it's kind of like your your life is kind of planned for you for the couple of years while you're in college. So it's like, this is totally. I don't have to think about anything, you know. It's like yeah, yeah. Folks on college and if I want to do a few gigs in between, you know, exactly or whatever, like and for for you know, inspiration and all that stuff that the reason why we all gig, you know. Totally. Obviously, education and um, that side of things is that seems to be kind of your number one. But like, you obviously need to perform and and do yeah. that side of things just as much because it's like part of you. Exactly, and it's like I do hope that eventually it's something that it's like for ages. I would like when I was in college, like you know yourself, it's just so expensive like to go to college in Ireland. But mm-hmm. like I was like, oh, I have to do so many gigs now this week you know because I need the money but like I really want to actually go back to really enjoying gigs and you know to getting as much as I can from them as possible like I had just started doing that again like trying to go into a gig and be like what was good what did I do well what can I improve on I was like just starting to do that again and then it's like okay we're stopping (laughs) like the carpet was pulled out from underneath your feet (laughs) yeah it was mad but I think it was a bit of a sign (laughs) yeah I think it was a sign for everybody I think everybody was living their lives a bit too quickly you know um we were wishing our lives away and just waiting for the next big thing well I was anyway I was totally like oh I'll do it next Monday I'll do it next Monday and not um kind of you know sounds so cliche like but not just like living in the moment you know yeah no it's it's true and can you imagine a world without music oh like I could honestly like rant for hours on like and it's true like the actual scientific benefits of music it's Mm -hmm. just it's endless it's absolutely endless um and it's Mm -hmm. so important to to allow it allow everybody to have access to good music education and like high quality education you know um but it's just so expensive to get that for some people you know it's just sometimes not accessible yeah yeah, hopefully yeah well Leah it was absolute pleasure to talk to you Um, you yeah it was lovely to have you on um I will add any links to Leah's socials um to the description of this video so you can 
you can check follow her me. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah, give her a yeah. follow. Or a friend request, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And um, I assume, you know, the Papa's Eaters will be taking bookings for events, you know, <laughs> yeah. once COVID. Uh, once it once it lifts, yeah. Oh, well, we we definitely will. Yeah. yeah. And any other any other bands, I mean, give them a shout. <laughs> Just look them up for the little cat. I can't wait. I can't wait to be back again. Brilliant. Well, Leah, I can't wait to see you again now. <laughs>